Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Yo, man, these uh, head coaching hires in the NFL came fast and furious earlier today. Let's start in Denver, uh, where the Broncos are to hire Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. We get okay. old, Michael. All right. Uh, we know that last name very well. Yep. We get old. So the Packers yes, offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett going to Denver as their head coach, which immediately sparked increased online speculation uh, of yep. a reunion in the Rockies with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you buying that Aaron Rodgers to Denver as his next stop? Yeah, I buy it. Maybe final act. Yeah, you do. I, I I buy that because that's the only way this hire makes sense. So if you're the Denver Broncos and you say, hey, we're going to bring in Nathaniel Hackett because we that really gives us the inside track of getting Aaron Rodgers. I really wouldn't complain about your decision making. But if you don't come away with Aaron Rodgers, what were you thinking? You brought in all these different candidates and you've got the offensive coordinator. Now, let me just let me just get it right. The offensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. Now, let me just ask you this, Mike. Uh, it's, I want to make sure I'm getting this right. Uh, Matthew LaFleur, he's an offensive guy, right? Mm-hmm. He's an offensive guy. Yes. Doesn't, does he call the plays for the Packers? I'm not certain. But that's a good okay. question as to exactly what role yes. and amount of credit Nathaniel Hackett deserves for the Packers' offensive success, given that he had number 12 at quarterback. That's a fair question. Right. He's got not not only I, I I don't mind you having Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Other people have had Aaron Rodgers at quarterback and yeah. and they've had success too. So I don't want to say, oh, you know, you got of course you can be successful or and people have had Aaron Rodgers at quarterback and have been fired. You know, yeah. Mike McCarthy. But to have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback and not be the play caller for Aaron Rodgers and get promoted based on the the association with Aaron Rodgers is very curious to me. And of all the people that they brought in to interview for that job, Nathaniel Hackett, I don't think, and he would even say that even folks in the Hackett household would say, wow, how'd you get it? <laughs> you weren't the best person they interviewed, really? Look, I, I, and I'll tell you this, I, I don't wanna get, I don't wanna take us too far off the track, but we, we've talked here before about Pep Hamilton, for example. Mm-hmm. Now, Pep Hamilton, how you put his resume, if you just take the name off and say, here's resume A and resume B, and his being resume A, he trumps everybody else. His resume is better than anybody else in that position, yet, or as my people say, as my cousin likes to say, yet and still, <laughs> yet and still, <laughs> Pep Hamilton has not had a head co- head coaching opportunity, and I don't believe he was interviewed for a head coaching position during this cycle. My point is, Mike, I- I've seen Nathaniel Hackett's before. I've seen Nathaniel before. So Aaron Rodgers, best be coming. 
Because if Aaron Rodgers is not coming, I think the Broncos very soon will be looking for their, what is it now? Fourth coach since 2016? <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. So I All hope right. so. So it would be a better yeah, story. I, uh, I didn't expect that to be your take. I thought you would have focused on Rodgers' decision-making in particular, which we could still get to, but that's an interesting approach to this conversation. I, I fundamentally disagree with a couple with a lot of things you said. Good. One, Good. if you're the Denver Broncos, you don't mm -hmm. hire a coach as a recruiting tool to maybe, possibly, might could get Aaron Rodgers out of Green Bay. First of all, oh no, uh, you know, look, I'm, oh no, the hell I'm you don't, you done messed that up. I don't. I, I I'm assuming Nathaniel Hackett was the play caller. I'm assuming he was the play caller. He's offensive coordinator. Okay. I don't I don't exactly know who was in Aaron Rodgers' ear. I don't know how the meetings went throughout the week when they put together the game plan. So I'm not qualified to speak on that. That's number one. Um, okay. But so because I don't know that, I also don't know how close Aaron Rodgers is with Nathaniel Hackett enough to assume that Aaron Rodgers like, oh, Nate, I'm coming, dog. Come come get your boy. Come 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 holler at me. I'm, I'm now now I'm going to Denver. Yeah. Nate's there. Nate dog is there. Like I don't know yeah, yeah. that that's how Aaron Rodgers feels. But if so, right. if you're Denver, ain't no way in hell you hire a coach to get a quarterback who not only do you not, not know if you could get him, you don't know how long he's gonna play once you do get him. Like because that's not why you hire a coach. You hire the best leader for your franchise. Okay. You know you brought up his name a second ago. You know who reminds me of? You know honestly who reminds me of? Well, Ooh. actually, go ahead, respond, because because where I'm going is, is the right. second part of your gonna, your criticism. Why is that not? Say, why do you think the Broncos should hire a coach as a recruiting tool for Aaron Rodgers? The Broncos, if, if it sounds good, what you're saying, most of the time I agree with it. Most franchises, I agree with what you're saying, but based on what they've done recently, they've taken an exhaustive approach. They've hired the best man for the job, and it's just given them somebody for two or three years at a time, and that's why we're in this position again. You might as well. I mean, other teams have done it. This is uh, uh, th this has happened recently in the NFL, where a team hires a head coach. Hello, David Cully, how you doing? They hire a head coach for a season, and that's not uh, being biblical or religious. Biblical, no, not, for a not season, for a literally, time such as this. Hey, yeah, but that's no, no, different. A season. That's, that's, that's different. That's well, different. That's not the same right. thing. They ain't the same ballpark. It, it is the same is, league in the same sport, you but gotta, it ain't the same ballpark. Let, let me ask you this: If all you got to do to get a top five quarterback you haven't had in a bit. You haven't <laughs> had a top five quarterback Mike. since since Peyton Manning, since you first recruited him. Okay. If all okay. you need to I do to get that guy is to hire the coach that he wants, even though that's Mike. not a five-year plan, that's a three-year plan, wouldn't you do it? Three years. Three-year plan. So, Mike, so Mike, you're talking to the guy yeah. that a, a couple of weeks ago, I don't remember when it was, threw out, okay, yeah. Uh, a, a, a plan for the New York Giants that sounds exactly like what you're talking about. I was like, yo, yeah, yeah, hire yeah. Brian Flores because that's who Deshaun Watson wants to play for. Now, obviously, John Mara said we're not getting Deshaun Watson and they've hired a general manager, but nonetheless, it's like, hey, do this and Deshaun Watson would follow. So your logic yeah. is not flawed, but the difference, the circumstances are different though. Deshaun is on his way out of Houston one way or the other. Okay, he's not going right. back there. We'll get to Aaron Rodgers in a second. We don't know if Aaron Rodgers still wants to be traded, and I don't think he should still want to be traded. Again, I'll get there momentarily, but I want to stay on okay. this particular path while we're here. I want to kind of stay focused with the Broncos. 
if you're the Broncos, if you if you ask if you hire Nathaniel Hackett, yes, that may make make you more attractive to Aaron Rodgers in theory, presumption uh, presumably. But what if the yep. Packers trade him to the Steelers because they got a better package there? And Aaron Rodgers, we know, is making sweet eyes with Mike Tomlin. Or what if Aaron Rodgers is like, you know what? I like Denver's roster is pretty good, but I'd rather go. Hey, Kyle, can't beat him. Join him. Trey Lance. Get it. Get rid of him. Figure. I, I mean, you can't. There are no guarantees. You cannot that guarantee that Rogers well, would follow. Well, I'm, I'm just. I'm just. Throwing, I'm just. I'm, I'm no, using an example. You, got you can't guarantee. I know you can't guarantee it, but Aaron Rodgers and, and just keep going with your flow. I'm enjoying your flow. As a matter of fact, I'm yeah, taking notes it. right here. I'm taking notes on it. Um, didn't Aaron Rodgers say as as an agreement, as part of his agreement to return to the Packers, doesn't he get a chance to pick his next team? Wasn't that part of I, I, I maybe I, I may have okay, that wrong. Yeah, no, no, you're not wrong. Well, even the reports may have it wrong. You're not wrong because there was some like yeah. like it was an understanding that after this year, yeah. he could get traded. Not a free agent, but he would get traded. But a lot has changed since then. He's been defenses with Gutekunst. So, you know, we don't really know where his head's at in general. But the thing I want to talk about with Nathaniel Hackett, look, Paul Hackett's kid. That's why I said we're getting old. Like we remember Paul Hackett as offensive coordinator. Nathaniel Hackett's been yeah. around. This reminds me of, and you mentioned him earlier, and we're talking about his former team and his former quarterback for that matter. I will never forget in 2006 when the Packers and Ted Thompson hired Mike McCarthy. And in 2005, the year before, which was the year that the 49ers drafted Alex Smith number one overall and infamously not Aaron Rodgers, but the Packers had him, got him at 24. Mike McCarthy was the offensive coordinator for the worst offense, not only in the league, but it might have been like one of the worst in, in recent memory. It was the worst offense in the league the year before, and he was the offensive coordinator. He got the job, and the rest is history. My point is, Nathaniel Hackett, I think your issue is you're looking at Nathaniel Hackett, and you're like, Nathaniel Hackett, like, uh. Right. Like, what if he's right. good? What if he actually has an organizational philosophy and a way of approaching team building and coaching that blew the Broncos away in the interview process. Now, to your point, Michael, lately they haven't been very good with identifying successful head coaches. So I understand right. that. I get that. So, and, and this may be another guy who got the job but doesn't really deserve it when there were much better candidates, specifically black candidates. Let's call it like it is. Yeah. Jim Caldwell yes. should not still be waiting by the phone right now. Okay, hello. Jim Caldwell should not no. still be waiting by the phone. So if it maybe he maybe is waiting about it alone. Has there been a black coach hired? Not yet, but I don't, but I don't even want to get pissed okay. off yet. We still got seven okay. to go. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, <laughs> we got seven to go. I'm saving my festivity. I'm saving that. Okay. I, I'm saving that. Right. I'm strictly looking right. at Nathaniel Hackett and looking All at right. them and saying, you know what? Okay, I'll give it a chance because I've seen coaches whose resume who weren't hot guys whose resume did not suggest that they were quote unquote deserving of the job, but the team hired them and it was still they were still successful. So I'm open yeah, to okay. it. As far as Aaron yeah. Rodgers goes, I said this the other day. All right. The only thing I will amend from what I said the other day, I'll, I'll make my amendment and then I'll repeat myself. My amendment okay. is oh, good, good, good. the idea like that Aaron Rodgers, that Aaron Rodgers should somehow avoid going into a division with Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. You know, yeah. they, and by they, we, or maybe I, 
said the same thing about Tom Brady when he left the cozy confines of the AFC East and went to the NFC South. Like, oh, you ain't in Kansas no more, Toto. And yet they won yeah. the Super Bowl and then won the division. So Aaron Rodgers and Denver's got a nice roster, a really nice roster, both sides of the ball and presumably special teams, hopefully, but both sides of the ball in particular. They got great skill players. They got a really good defense. They one of the top scoring defense in the league. Aaron Rodgers puts them yeah. right on par with Kansas City and ahead of the Chargers who haven't done squat as talented as Justin Herbert is. Okay, so there's no reason for him to be intimidated by it, but I, I maintain that I would hate to see and I know we've kind of evolved when it comes to especially NBA players pursuing championships and taking control of their own careers and I'm and I would probably say something different so you, about a Russell Wilson. I would hate to see right, so Aaron. You Rogers don't like to see him. him I don't want to see him, see him a there. mercenary. I don't want to see him be a mercenary. I don't want to see him be a higher gun chasing a second ring well, when don't tell me your team was good enough for you to win back to back MVPs and 13 games three years in a row. But when you get to the playoffs, the team is at fault for your offense scoring three points in his last nine possessions. That would be a cop out and that would be cowardice to me. All the other quarterbacks yeah. who have gone to other teams to, to win Super Bowls, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Okay, we mentioned that we talked. You got pushed out. Montana didn't go to Kansas City by choice. He went there because they turned the page. Favre didn't go to the Jets and then Minnesota by choice. He went there because they handed it over to Rodgers. I would hate to see Rodgers be like, "Yeah, it just ain't for me here." Because then I got to look even harder at you and be like, "Well, maybe it hasn't been for you there because of you." Yeah, and I, I wonder about these. You know. Uh, Hey, the, the roster is ready made. It's a roster, and you said they're on par with Kansas City. No, I, if I they don't get think Rogers. they would be. If they get Rodgers. No, no, if they get Rodgers, if they get Rodgers, they won't be. Now, now, listen, they'll be much better. They'll be in a better position. I'll stick the by receivers. It. Would I hire? Would I hire a head coach? Uh huh. Would I hire a head coach just so I have a better chance? Not no guarantee, but a better chance. And that might be the wrong one. Sorry, sorry, I don't sure. want to cut you off real quick. That okay. might be the, bad, the wrong running. That's the wrong running back. Javante Williams need to be on there. That's yep, the future. Yep. No disrespect to Melvin Gordon, but I'm sorry. You were saying that you would hire hey. a coach without with, with Aaron Rodgers specifically in mind, not the totality of your organization. I, I would at, at this point as a three year as a three year plan. It's a three year plan. It's like, look, you, you do the same thing with players. Um, the head coach, you you would hope that you are hiring the next Paul Brown, the next Chuck Noll, the next Bill Belichick, and you can have this guy Tom Landry can have him there for twenty years. But the reality is, uh, usually about after now in this era, after about two years or three years, if they don't turn it around yesterday, people want them out. Yeah. So yeah. it was just wasn't that long ago where Matt Nagy had the Bears in the playoffs and people were feeling him. Oh right, no, like now he's out. Fast. Okay, right. that's it. So if I have a three year window, if I say I'm going to bring in this coach and I, have, and I can have Aaron Rodgers until he's 40, 41. Oh, this yeah. guy gives if me I, the best you, chance if, of doing it. If I have a guarantee yeah, of getting it. Aaron Rodgers, but you got to make the I'm just saying you got to make the decision off the coach and it's a benefit. It maybe it's a byproduct or maybe it's, it's bonus points. I'm, look, just like you hired maybe him because all of his even. work with Aaron Rodgers. All right. Maybe they were all but even, if, Mike. But if Rogers and, and retired, the, and the separator was separated, was this guy has a relationship with Aaron Rodgers? The other ones don't. They're all about even. Let's go with this guy. Take our chances. 
Don't take our chances. See how it works out for me. I'll stick with That's this. An interesting point. That's an interesting point. Let's get into character. But if the Packers yeah, are able to say that, 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 that those, it ain't if, quite if time. The Packers, <laughs> if the Packers are able to fix their cap and franchise Devontae Adams, if you're Aaron Rodgers, man, stay running and owning the rest of the NFC North, though. And and you got a good enough team. You, your, your team is plenty good enough. Play better against San Francisco in the playoffs, and you're still playing right now. We ain't talking about your future. You said That's last right. year you didn't like the GM. You and the GM are buddy buddy now. Everything's all now good. What? You ain't got no reason now to go what? nowhere else if you're Aaron Rodgers. Well, except, you know, girlfriend likes Colorado. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. All right, the Bears now have a GM coach tandem in place. Ryan Poles, their, their new general manager, and he has hired Matt Eberflus, the defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. Colts had a top 10 scoring defense in three of the last four years. So a little opposite Joe going on here. Had an offensive guy. Um, now they go with a defensive guy, and as you know, defense is is what they do in Chicago for the most part. Um, so the offensive coordinator is going to be a, a big topic of discussion because Justin Fields seems to be the future there at quarterback, or at least he was the last administration's future there at quarterback. Um, so you can't make any uh, assumptions or any certain statements about uh, about his standing with that organization. Uh, what do you think of this hire, Mike? Yeah, I like it. I like it. You know why? Um, hmm. It was it was unpredictable in a way. I, I'm glad. Now, see, this is what I do like. Now, I'm talking about the Broncos and hiring somebody because you got a chance of, of getting Aaron Rodgers, even if it's like a 10% chance. Why not? Shoot your shot. In this case, you know what happens uh, a lot of times in sports. You notice this, Mike. You covered sports for a long time. Okay, uh, in, in football, one coach is an offensive guy, and then. Uh, the the offense is is fine, but the defense breaks down. So your next guy is a defensive guy. Yeah. You go back and forth. Oh, one guy's a, one guy's a player's coach. The next guy's a disciplinarian. That disciplinarian. Yeah, right. This is what we need. In this case, yeah. I really thought they were going to find a, an offensive. I thought they'd go with an offensive guy, even though Brian Flores was mentioned. I didn't really believe it. I was like, oh, they're going to get somebody to work with Justin Fields. They're going to get an offensive guy, and and that kind of limits the field. I would much rather organization go find somebody who can who can do everything and is look understands that the young quarterback has to be developed, but made his bones on defense. And if we can take it to another level, I'd much rather if it's me, I don't want you to call yourself an offensive guy or a defensive guy. I'm about to say I don't care about your background. Yeah, I don't care about your background. I want you to be a leader. I would not want you to call your background as a leader. Yeah, but I want you to say I, I like guys who hey, I've worked on offense. I've worked mm. on defense. Uh, okay. Hey, I was an intern. I was an intern in the front office. 
Uh, and as a matter of fact, I used to be a gopher too. I, I do everything. I can relate to people. I can relate to your stars. I can relate to the, the last guy on the roster. I can do it all. So like a Brian I, Flores I, I type? Because there's not a lot of Brian guys Flores. that have, that, have, that have bounced around an organization both sides of the ball or upstairs or downstairs. There's not that many guys that do that. Usually they, but they I'll tell climb you, the ladder to coordinator on one side of the ball. I'm saying just give me a guy who's a CEO. Give me a guy who can relate to players, who can bring people together. Give me a guy, honestly, well, more than anything, you know what the head coach needs to do? More than anything? More than anything? Yeah. Manage the damn game. Manage the clock. Yeah. If you give me a head coach with a, with a clock with, with, that can manage the clock and can keep everybody pulling in the same direction, your coordinator's job is to come up with game plans. If you got an expertise, well, that's well, gravy. Well, we kind of saying the same thing, kind of. I think here's the difference. I agree with you. CEO. Yeah, give me that guy. Give me the leader. Give me the guy who can really just bring it all together. But I'm saying I want a CEO who once worked in the mailroom. Okay. I want a CEO who has seen a lot on his way to the top. And you're sure. saying, hey, give me that CEO type, that CEO personality. But I'm just thinking I need a CEO to understand what I'm going through. Hey, to be able to put put it himself or herself uh, in, in my shoes for a second to understand, okay, this is how we seeing it. This is how he perceives it, but I know how I know how to speak to him. Okay, put, put it this way when uh, when you're doing old school, old school, old school, the game has changed, but old school linear TV. Mm-hmm. Did you really did you really I, I, I mean, it's great to have a boss you can sit down and talk to and vibe with but a boss who knows what you've done and who's actually done it uh, or oh, that's has very taken rare. a lot of t- a lot of time. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, well, and, and, and guess what, what else do. is rare. They think they understand yeah, what we do, but they don't understand what we do. Guess what else is rare? A great boss. I mean, a really great one. And so yeah. I, that's a long way of saying I like this guy. I, I think he did a really good job under difficult circumstances. You remember he wasn't hired by he was Frank, Josh, right? He was Josh no. McDaniels guy. He was yeah. Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels, yeah. Josh McDaniels yeah. hired him. He's there in yeah. place. Really good staff. Hey, Josh did a good job putting together a good staff that you didn't go dance yeah. with. Yeah, he's got hired by McDaniels. Here comes Frank Reich and he really along with that staff that staff has done. A, I'm not gonna say excellent job. They never won a division. I want to point that out and they missed mm-hmm. the playoffs this year because they lost to Jacksonville. But he's done a good job with that defense, and I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that he will do a good job in Chicago, uh, just kind of coming Again. in with, with his approach and his sensibility. Same, same thing. Look, Bill Polian's had his hands on this process. You know, Ryan Poles coming from Kansas City uh, is now the yeah. general manager. Um, you know, I, again, I'm trying my best to trust the process and to give these people a chance, regardless of who you think is the hot guy or the name or got the resume. Mm-hmm. It's like. Whatever goes on in these interviews, hopefully they're seeing something from an organizational lens. Let's not leave out special teams coaches either because they often make excellent head coaches. See John Harbaugh, John Harbaugh. Uh, yeah, in, in Baltimore. Hey, you know who, who know we need to call about Matt Eberflus? Um, so he was in college for a long time. He was at uh, Toledo. He was at Missouri. He broke into the league with the 2009-2010 Cleveland Browns as a linebacker coach. We need to call our boy Eric Mangini. See what he says Mangini. about Matt. Yeah, so then from there he went to Dallas and we and we got to know him when he was in Indianapolis the last four years. So so we'll see. We'll see. Um, but what's as interesting as who the Bears hired for purposes of our conversation is who they didn't hire 
So reportedly, uh, the Bears also considered Jim Caldwell and Dan Quinn. I hope the Bears consider Jim Caldwell report is not simply for optics. Huh. But okay. it, Dan Quinn is interesting because not long after, uh, Dan Quinn, who, make sure I get this right, he interviewed with the Bears, he interviewed with the Broncos, he interviewed with the Dolphins, the Giants, and the Vikings while refusing to interview with Jacksonville, Dan Quinn decided to go back to Dallas and say, yeah. you know what, I'm going to just stick around and, with the Cowboys and continue coaching that defense after he did such a fantastic job uh, this past season with the talent that he's got there, which I like I like for Dan Quinn. I think that's smart. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I don't see his stock provided, you know, this year wasn't a fluke. And with Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs and Demarcus uh, Lawrence, it's, it's hard to Lawrence, think yeah. that it is. Right. Yeah. I, I don't see his stock going down. He's been a head coach in the past. He's taken a team to a Super Bowl. He's a really good coordinator, both Seattle and now in Dallas. I, I think he'll have his options next year. Um, you know, regardless of what happens, um, you know, this year, well, not regardless of what happens. I'm, I'm confident that he'll be a hot candidate next year, same as he was this year. The right opportunity just doesn't seem to be there. And going back to be the Cowboys defensive coordinator ain't a bad gig. Right. Right. You know, Mike, although you're st- although. Uh, Except for the, except for the small detail that your staff is kind of on the clock. <laughs> Just other than that, your yeah. head coach might not be around right. past that. Other than that, it's a pretty good gig if you can get it. Well, Mike, I, I got to tell you, uh, and I'll be, I'll be honest with you, honest with the family, as we always are on this show, always uh, telling the truth, uh, or the truth as we see it. So, when I first heard about this, I was really confused. I was really confused. I was like, man, what? What is Dan Quinn doing? I mean, it's like a layup. It's like a layup. He can go out there. He can get any any one of these jobs. He's going to get can one he? of these jobs. And if he gets what is he though? He gets one is he though? Was well, he guaranteed to get one of these gigs? One. Of I mean, them, as yes. hot a candidate as he is and, and he interviewed everywhere. Yeah, I don't well, know about that, Mike. How's that? Okay. How's a hot can? Well, then I'm not a hot. Don't call me. Hey, who well, then? Okay. Talk to right your there. Talk to your we editor. Assume, Stop calling me a Mike, hot candidate. <laughs> we assume because he's been a head coach and because he led a Dallas defensive resurgence that Dan Quinn was going to get a job. That doesn't mean he was guaranteed to get a job. You know what I'm saying? We just talked about the fact that Nathaniel Hackett is going to Denver where a lot of people thought Dan Quinn would go and Matt Eberflus yep. is going to Chicago. So, I, I mean, yes, it seemed like he would get a job. But if you're Dan Quinn, a burden hand, it might be better than two in the bush in this case versus hanging yeah, out and waiting. And that, and that's, Meanwhile, I guarantee you, Jerry and Stephen Jones was like, yo, dog, uh, we got to move here. What, what you doing? You, you, you're coming or you go? Well, that's why I said, that's why I said at first. Okay. At first, I was a little confused by it. But thinking about it a little bit more. <laughs> you, my, you my dog, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so thinking about thinking about it a little bit more. Um, yeah. And this hiring process, man, this is great. This is a fascinating story. And I, you know, two, you know, I was gonna say football nerds, but just two nerds, really, no qualifier. Two nerds like us yeah. really yeah. can really get into it. And it is yeah. what happens. What happens for the public? What you gotta do for the public? And then what happens for real? 
So you just referenced it with Jim Caldwell. You said, I, I hope the interest in Jim Caldwell was real yeah. and not just, hey, taking right. care of business. So they're, Same as you know, all these we interviews like, that they're required to do with minority yeah. candidates. Same thing. There are yeah. like, I was going to say there are two NFLs. There are like five NFLs going on. Like there's the, there's the outside wall, then there's the inner wall, and then you keep going in. There's the, shat- the shadow get, NFL. Yeah. yeah. Then you really get to the, what the league is. So the perception... Dan Quinn, people did want Dan Quinn. They wanted it out there that they were interested in Dan Quinn. But maybe he started to look around and found that the people who wanted to talk to him, out of the five or six that wanted to talk to him, one or two were really passionate about hiring him and letting him come in and run his own operation. The yeah, way that's he exactly saw it. right. So it, look, the perfect so, fit so dog, wasn't there. We're interested. We're interested in you. We're interested in your profile, right. but we don't want right. the real you. So you start coming right. in and you say, hey, here's my vision for the organization. This is what I'd sure. like to see on offense. This is what I want to see on defense. It, this is how I want our training to work. The whole simpatico. thing. Is there a simpatico right. with the general manager? Do you have a voice in personnel? Does he want a voice in personnel? Who are your coordinators? All These that. are my coordinators. That's not who we got in mind. Yeah, absolutely. Which is why it makes sense for him to go yeah. back to Dallas. Yeah. If you ain't got right. the perfect opportunity, so, go back to Dallas. And here's the other thing: perfect opportunity. And Josh McDaniels can relate to this too. And and and, I, and I, I'm hopeful that hey, this will be my life one day too. This will be my life. That you're making so Josh McDaniels is going is the highest paid offensive coordinator in football. Dan Quinn is going to be the highest paid defensive coordinator in football. So he's going to get a raise. Both these guys. He's getting a raise from his current well, contract. You know something? You breaking I, some news? I think, yeah, I think he might get a little something. Plus, plus he's okay. got money coming from the Falcons. Oh, from the Falcons. Yeah, he's still getting. So, yeah. well, well, that's offset. So, though. yeah, okay. it's offset, offset. Yeah, but yeah. this is what I'm. This is where I'm getting at. If you're making so much money, you can just kind of sit back and say, "Well, I don't know about that." Yeah, hey, that needs to be perfect. I'm just not gonna right. jump anywhere. I'm just not gonna Correct. run and. And take a job so I can be a head coach. So imagine the the power that you have, or the good feeling that you have, the security that know the bills are being more than paid. Bills are paid. Mama's happy. Kids are happy. Vacation. Hey, and, and I'm not saying that's you, his story, but you know, I'm yeah. saying I'm, I'm I'm putting myself in there now. <laughs> Michael, let me and, say and you something. don't really the, have to jump in any opportunity. The best two decisions I made in the last three, four years was leaving two jobs. Ain't nothing more, ain't nothing more liberating than saying no. The only real leverage you have is walking away. And so absolutely, like, especially if you've been, Say it again. Uh, if you've been, ain't, ain't nothing. Say it again for the people up top. The only, le- the only leverage you really have is your willingness to walk away. And there's nothing more liberating than saying no, I don't need this. Especially if you've been a head coach once before, you know exactly what it needs to look like the next time around. So take your time, yep, yep, Playboy. Yep. Take your time. Mm. Makes sense to Must me. Must be nice. It, it didn't earlier today, but it does now. Yeah. Now, it don't really work like that for the bros, but that's another conversation. <laughs> yes, it does. It'll work like that for us. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. 
we come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Uh, the can't get rights, I've already given that away to the Washington football team. I don't give a damn what they end up calling themselves. So I got to find something else for the Jacksonville Jaguars. What in the name of Fred Taylor or the Jacksonville Jaguars doing? All right, so the dominoes are going like this, apparently. I love that. So By the way, Chicago, I love that. That's my favorite line of the week so far. What What's, in the name of Fred one? Taylor or the Jacksonville Jaguars? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love that. All right, so, you know, Fred Taylor, Mark Brunel, Jimmy Smith, Keenan McCardell, the whole, Taylor, whole crew. Fred Taylor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so when Eberflus, when the Bears hired Eberflus, that left, reportedly, uh, that left the uh, Jaguars with one candidate and that's the candidate that I said day one and I know a lot of people agree with me was a no-brainer should have been their primary target Byron Leftwich, former Jazz yeah. quarterback Byron Leftwich. that's the only guy who they brought in for a second interview so here's the trip part this way it gets this way it gets trippy this way it gets real Jacksonville Jaguary okay um, yep. this is from Schefter when the Jaguars private plane was in Denver on Monday it wasn't there to take Nathaniel Hackett to Jacksonville for an interview of course Hackett's with the Broncos now it was there to pick up former Broncos head coach Vic Fangio, okay. who has interviewed okay. for the Jaguars okay. head coaching job. Fangio right. is a candidate for the Jaguars. Okay. And I thought Bill O'Brien was a head scratcher. Vic Fangio right. and Jaguars GM Trent Balky worked together for four years in San Francisco. Of course, Fangio was Harbaugh's yeah. defensive coordinator. That doesn't make it yeah. any better. First of all, Balky being there is problematic. Secondly, unless your goal, if by improvement, if by rebuilding, you mean seven and nine, unless your goal is to go seven and nine, what the seven hell are you doing? You went seven and ten. Seven and ten. Seven oh, and I'll ten. make your part. Seven and ten. But you went seven and nine before. Or eight and nine. All right. <laughs> hell, if you want that, go get Jeff Fisher, who's coaching the USFL team in Michigan. But anyway, um, you know, like, why the hell are you interviewing Vic Fangio? Like, it's one. It's bad enough you have Trent Baalke. Now you're letting Trent Baalke bring his guy in. But wait, there's more. Apparently, right. uh, there's a report that because yesterday they were we and we didn't even get to this yesterday. There was a couple of reports yesterday that Byron Leftwich was close to being the Jaguars head coach, and then there was one where it's right. like, no, they're not close. You know, they're still going through their process. There was another one today that, and again, we getting old. I remember he, he's a hard hitting safety for the Cardinals. Uh, Adrian Wilson, Cardinals Adrian executive, Wilson. is going to be the general manager for the Jaguars. And Leftwich is going to be the head coach because Leftwich gave the Jaguars the ultimatum, which every coach who either interviewed or declined to interview should have given this ultimatum, which is me or Trent Baalke. Okay. Right. So, right. And meanwhile, Leftwich, the Saints have requested permission to interview Byron Leftwich. So, long story short, are the Jaguars about to screw this up yet again? Yeah, it, it looks like it. It looks like they are. And maybe what they're doing is trying to cover their tracks or trying to put some pressure. On Byron Leftwich, say, hey, wait a minute. Uh, we'll bring in, if you don't want to do what we say, we'll bring in another candidate. This thing's not over. We'll keep the, the search going. But Byron Leftwich makes so much sense for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, and I'm going to say this look, Too uh, much look common getting sense. One, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Getting, getting one of these jobs is incredible. You've heard it said many times. People say it many times because it's so true. Some cliches exist because. They're just true. 32 jobs. Very special to have one of these 32. So yeah, that's great. But in this case, in this man's case, 
Jaguars should be honored that he wants to coach that them. He knows the Jaguars. He knows the city. He knows the organization. You win he the knows press quarterbacks. He's Before a you win games. I mean, you win the press I mean, conference. The you things. win. The, do you, you win Duval County. You win over the players. He comes in with instant credibility, which is what you I, I mean, did so not many, have with the college guy who shall not be named. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Thank you. Thank you for not naming him. Usually we say, oh, he checks all the boxes. For, for Byron Leftwich, you just run out of box. He's like, okay, forget it. Forget it. I don't have enough room. He just, it, it, box is not, can't even contain all the things good about Byron Leftwich. But I, now, I love some, the Leftwich homecoming the one, story. But he's the not, one eyebrow there's raised. one guy that checks more boxes. Sorry, there's one guy that checks more. Caldwell still checks more boxes. Because Caldwell has the body of work so. as an offensive he checked, you know, you, Caldwell is like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna say so. I'm gonna say something that's gonna that's gonna piss some people off, but I don't give a damn. Um, okay, here we go. That's what here I do. Go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Let's hear. Let's hear. Let's hear. Let's hear. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. From a resume standpoint and an experience standpoint, there was no more qualified candidate in recent political history than Hillary Rodham Clinton. Okay, given all that she had done. Okay. Likewise. There is no more qualified head coaching candidate than the guy who get to, uh, coach Peyton Manning to some of his best years in Indianapolis and took him to the Super Bowl as a head coach learning and, and alongside Tony Dungy who went to Detroit and won in freaking Detroit where few won had Detroit. won yeah, before yeah. had won before and nobody's got won to the since. playoffs. You want, somebody, yeah. you want somebody to, 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 to teach uh, Trevor Lawrence. Who better than Jim Caldwell? You want an opposite Keep Joe going. from that a-hole that you had before? Bring in somebody as respected as Jim Caldwell. You hey, were one more thing with Caldwell. I get that off. One more, I, no, no, I was gonna say, I'm glad you got it off because one more, one more caveat for for Caldwell, and and, and fact check me if if I've got the uh, dates a little bit wrong. He was the offensive coordinator but, and quarterbacks coach for Joe Flacco when they went to the Super Bowl. Yes. Went on. Yeah, I was gonna say because yes. he came in. When they won the they Super Bowl. fired. Yes. They fired the OC Camp midway Cameron. through the season, right? Camp they Cameron, fired yes. him. Camp. Bring in Caldwell. Yes. Caldwell locks Caldwell it down. Caldwell was there already. Uh, yeah. Joe Flacco yeah. goes on a great Montana like run. run. Got him paid in the playoffs. Yeah. Got him paid. Yes. Throwing up. Yes. Hey, you know, Jim so Caldwell. You know what? Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is should like... always his his pillars for uh, Joe Flacco's pillars on one side. Jim Caldwell. On the other, Anquan Bolden, because a lot of those passes he was just throwing up, and Bolden was like, "No, I got this." It's like bringing down a rebound in traffic. But, but fin anyway, but, but finish your Leftwich point. I know you want to talk but, about Leftwich, but, but, but Leftwich, you know, yeah. I think Leftwich has a little bit more for he. He's a better candidate for Jacksonville. I don't think he's okay. a better candidate overall, but because of the connection, of, because he knows what it takes there. It is a very complicated market. It's hard. Uh, to get people excited about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, no, it's not. It, not All you gotta do is win yes, games. All you gotta do is win games. Well, they I, I can tell you this. A while ago, and this is right before they, you know, they had their great 2017. Well, very good. I'm gonna call it great. Uh, they lost an AFC championship game. But right before they their 2017 season, they had to, a couple years before that, they had meetings about, hey, how do we get players? Excited oh, yeah. to, to take us seriously, get us excited, yeah. get them excited about the Jacksonville right. Jaguars. Right. And the they had these whole, they had all these, 
Yeah. They got meetings about this. And Leftwich understands that. He understands Duval. He understands what it takes yeah. as a player. He's a CEO who has been in your position, right? The CEO who has actually played the game and played the game yeah. at a high level. Played it as a starter, yeah. was there as a backup. Now, as a coach, knows about Tom Brady, knows about functional organizations, dysfunctional organizations. No, I just think I, it makes listen, a lot of sense. He's ready. I said he's he one of these guys. He's one of these rookie coaches. He's one of these yeah. rookie coaches who's going to come in and it's going to be comfortable. What would you say? Different context earlier this week. He's been here before, but he really oh, has yeah. been here. Before. <laughs> right, right. And he's going right, to look right. like he'll hit, the, he'll, he'll hit the ground running. No, I like how you said that. All right, let's hit this break. Um, but that's good stuff. Uh, listen, either one of those for me, Byron Leftwich, Jim Caldwell. I don't think they can go wrong, but we talk. We yeah. are talking about Jacksonville. Big Fangio, Big Fangio down there. Yeah, they fly Big Fangio down there. Listen, um, every every now and then, Michael, there are times when I say to myself, I still disagree uh, with your, um, you know, teams don't want to win. Teams don't want to win. Take, generally speaking, but yeah. time after time, a team will do some dumb ish. That's like about ahead of point. It's not. It's not that they don't want to win. It's that they can't get out of their own way. It's that yeah. Shaq Khan yeah. means well. Shotgun means well. He just don't know rich. Tell me a rich person that, that like being told what to do because they think they were so successful in other arenas. So like, oh, I know yeah. how to pick people. I know how to I know how to run organizations. They, they, they think they know everything. They woke up on third day and a triple at the time. You know, they ultimately come back. They ultimately come back to how much money you made. <laughs> how much you got? How many? How many felons have you collared? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they built. They build jails because of me. <laughs> Judges have handed you know out over 50,000 man years of incarceration based on my investigations. How many fellas have you done? I rest my case. You know, do you know I just watched like eight minutes of that just like two days ago? Just the first eight minutes. Just to get you fired up? Just because. Just because. Yeah. That's a comedy, man. That movie's a comedy. I'm sorry. <laughs> movie, that movie's everything. <laughs> The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Another clutch win last night for the official Western Conference team of brother from another. That would be the Memphis Grizzlies, who own the second best clutch winning percentage behind the Suns in the NBA this season. And a certain network, which shall rename, name, remain nameless, I beg your pardon. Certain network, there you go. which I shall you. remain nameless, uh, decided that it was best for business that. Uh, not having the Grizzlies and the Spurs as their national game was better than what was not as good as having the Knicks in the heat. All right. And yet you best believe the the Grizzlies took notice of that, including our next guest, one of the leading candidates for most improved player. That would be Desmond Bain uh, of the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, you know, listen, man, I want a lot of thank you for being here. A lot of teams yeah. say, yeah, keep disrespecting us. Keep underestimating us. Keep overlooking us. We like it like that. 
Do y'all really? Because when somebody says like, "Yo, we don't want to watch y'all. We rather watch, we rather put another game on national television." Like, something that's got to get to you just a little bit, right? Uh no, nah, it's always you know we we take note of, of all these little things that um, you know whether it's the national media or television. Um, whatever the case, other teams, rankings, whatever, you know, we, we see it all. We, we keep it under, under our vest and, you know, keep on moving along best we can. So last night, last night was a great example of, of, of staying ready. So you ain't got to get ready. I think you missed yeah. like a week in health and safety protocols. You come in yeah. last night and go for 20. What did you do during your time away? to stay sharp to where, you know, I think you had 11 in the first quarter against San Antonio last night to where you didn't miss a beat when you came back. Yeah, I mean, everything. I mean, I have my trainer, um, you know, down here. He, you know, had been through COVID already previously. So um, we were able to get a little work in, in the gym, the Grizzlies and send me some stuff uh, to keep me sharp, keep keep me uh, in the loop with things. So, um, you know, even though I wasn't with the team, I was still doing stuff to to stay ready, like you said. You know, uh, Desmond, I don't know if, if your ears are ever burning if you're in the Northeast, but people in Boston <laughs> still are upset that they oh, drafted man. you. Oh, <laughs> man, like, 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 why hey, hey, why'd they move on from Desmond Bain? Like, oh, come on, it's, it's so <laughs> stupid. But you think about your, Mike mentioned off the top, your improvement, and you're a candidate for a most improved player. Like, you really have taken your, your scoring averages, gone up everything that you, you did last year well. You're doing better this year. What was your mindset coming into that second year? Like, what what were some of the things that you said, all right, I'm going to do this? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, I sat down with our coaching staff um, after the season was over with. And, um, you know, they told me they wanted me to, to be able to make plays on the ball. You know, they wanted me to be able to make plays on the ball for myself and, and for others. Um, you know, be able to really compliment John in the backcourt. Um, you know, so that was something that I really honed in on, um, you know, throughout my summer workouts and took it into summer league and, you know, was able to implement it into the season. How about the team's improvement? I talk about your personal improvement, but your team, uh, you know, right, as, as Mike mentioned, right at the top of the Western Conference have been there and really ascending, had a, a, some, some really nice winning streaks this year. Where where did that come from? Where where did it, was it? In, in other words, was it the was it the play in when you started to feel it? Was it the first round where you gave Utah a little bit of a scare? Where do you think that that push toward the top of the conference? Where did it start? Yeah, I mean we're we're a young team, um, you know, so we're obviously continuing to grow, continue to develop, continuing to get better, and. Um, you know, I feel like we've really taken that that next step this year. I mean, last year the playoffs, the play-in was obviously huge for us, huge for our confidence. Um, you know, we we use that and build off of it. Um, you know, I think Ja had an incredible offseason. Um, Jaron back healthy. Um, you know, I had a good offseason, and uh, you know, we're we're putting it together. But that thing, most improved player, you know, past tense. But I mean, in in, in some respects, right? I wonder. The way you've played this year, how are you continuing to improve as the game, as the season goes on? I beg your pardon. I, I assume that that process is never finished for somebody like you. Never. I mean, you know, I'm always constantly trying to improve, whether it's, um, you know, continuously working on my game, working on my body, 
um, doing stuff to keep my mental sharp. I mean, it's, it's more than just putting the ball on the hoop. You know, a lot goes into it. But, um, you know, I'm always trying to stay sharp, trying, trying to stay on top of my game. Um, you know, there's there's levels that I want to reach. There's there's things that I want to accomplish in this league. And, um, you know, I'm a young player continuing to get better. But, um, you know, I think we got something special brewing here in Memphis. No doubt. We talked hey, earlier I, about the, the people at ESPN, you know, being like, you know, hey, you know what? Let's get rid of me- uh, Memphis and San Antonio and go with uh, the old school 90s Knicks yeah. rivalry, you know, bigger yeah. markets or whatever. But last night, I mean, I, I, you know, John Morant, you guys know you guys are much must see TV and John Moran is your headliner. He has some crazy shots last night, some crazy headlines, yeah. and that's just another night at the office for him. What's the yeah. wildest shot you've ever seen him make either in a game or in practice? What's the craziest thing you've ever seen him do? I mean, in open gym this past summer, there was a play like he was coming down the court. Uh, they said like a drag screen and he split it like low taps. And there was a help defender, two help defenders coming over, and like he took off off his right leg and like had it in his right hand, switched it to his left, and dunked what? it on two dudes. Yeah, I mean when I when I saw him do that, I was like, oh yeah, like I I always knew he was you know super athlete, but you know he he one of a kind for real. What what are, you know Mike mentioned your your practices. Uh, I, I'm going to the extreme here. When I look at like the original dream team and I see some of their practices, oh, and I yeah. hear about their practices. <laughs> I say, wow, <laughs> I wish I could have just, you know, been a fly on that wall and just check that out. Yeah. How about your practices? Is it is it always, uh, you know, I don't know if you call it, you know, blue team versus gray first team, second team. Is it yeah. always first versus second or and, and what's the competitive level like there? Like to give us a give us a little pre uh, a peek into what Grizzlies practices are, because I'm sure Everybody benefits from having to practice against you and and Ja and, and some of the other talent sure. on your team. For sure. Nah, I mean we're we're full of competitors, uh, full of underdogs. I mean, pretty much everybody here um has some sort of a story. Um, you know, Ja obviously played a mid major school. Um, you know, I was gonna sign to a division two school out of high school and um, you know, ended up getting a TCU offer late and played four years. Um, Dylan Brooks played three years. I mean, so we got some guys that kind of been through some stuff, been around the block. Um, so it breeds like a competitive environment, um, you know. But at the same time, it's all love. You know, we're we're all we're competing against each other because we're we're on the same page, trying to do the same things and accomplish the same things. But um, you know, we uh, we special man. We we got a special group. Speaking of special. Uh... Steven Adams, like, just what's it like being that dude's teammate? He the anchor. I mean, he uh, he do a little bit. Of <laughs> I just see him pick. I just see him picking people yeah, up. That's, that's, like, that's, like that's if there's all, trouble, like you know, you come in with me. That's what, that's what <laughs> ain't nobody like, challenging him. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, he bring like a different uh, element to our team. You know, his passing ability, his team first approach. Um, you know, physicality. Uh, you know, I credit our GM all the time, but, uh, you know, that was another really good pickup that he had. You know what? And and, and speaking yeah. of uh, of credit, Taylor Jenkins, man, we talked Michael asked you about the competitiveness, the environment of practice. Like, what is he, what, what buttons is he pushing in particular as a coach to get the most out of this, you know, this, this band of underdog brothers that you described? 
Yeah, I mean, he he breeds a, a player first culture. Um, you know, he puts his guys before everything, and he really leans on us for a lot of that. And gives us the floor. Um, you know, he instills. Uh, you know, the values and the principles that he wants to instill, but he knows that, um, you know, you're only going to go as far as your players take you. So, you know, I think that trust that he gives us really bleeds out on the court. Um, you know, we got a great relationship with, with him, of course. And, um, you know, I think that he's definitely uh, the lead candidate for coach of the year. You know, Mike, Mike uh, described Memphis as must-see TV. I couldn't agree more. But just being there, how would you describe playing in Memphis? And, love and it. Describe the community. What's the community? How, how do you describe the community? I mean, it's a blue collar. Um, you know, everybody around here works for for what they got. So, um, you know, they rally behind a, a team like us that um, you know comes out and puts our higher hat on. You know, every night, one thing you can count on from the Memphis Grizzlies is we gonna play hard. Um, you know, and, and our, our city feels the same way. You know, one thing that they're going to do is they're going to fight, they're going to claw, they're going to scratch. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm real happy that I ended up here in Memphis. Did you know yeah, anything about before you got sick. there? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, had you, heard of, uh, had you heard of grit and grind before you became a, a, a Memphis Grizzly? Oh, yeah. I mean, Zach Randolph, he's from Indiana. So he, you know, grew up about an hour and a half from where I grew up. Um, you know, so I was always a big Z-Bo fan. And he was kind of the leader of that culture, um, you know, the grit and grind. So, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to carry that over. So, so you had already seen Hustle and Flow. You already knew about Ball and G. You already knew about Three Six. You was you was ready for you was ready you, you, even though because I I know there was a chip on your shoulder. You talk about that underdog thing. I mean, you were a first round pick, but thirtieth pick. You yeah. know how how much? And a lot of people say I remember all the people. I could name all the people that were picked yeah. ahead of me. How much does that drive you day in and day out on this journey to being uh, this improved player that you are this year? I mean, it's it's everything. I mean, I don't. I'm not really a guy that has to look around for, um, you know, more motivation. But um, that's something that, um, you know, I'll never forget. You know, I'll never forget the feeling of sitting there on draft night and um, seeing these organizations that talk so highly of me and um, were telling me that I'd be a good fit and you know they like what I brought to the table on and off the floor and then, you know, see them choose somebody else, you know, and I'm a, yeah. I'll make them regret it. You know, I think a lot of teams already regret it, but you know, I'm going to continue making them regret it for hopefully the next 12, 13 years. I'm in the league. Well, listen, you know, they, I remember they, they seeing, favor, uh, <laughs> I, I'll tell you the last thing real for me, uh, real quick, Desmond, I remember hearing Draymond green name all the people who were drafted in front of him. I'm like, bro, you named everybody who was drafted in front <laughs> yeah. of you and inspired him. Like Paul Pierce used to do that. All the teams that pass on him, he'd go, he'd, he'd extend his shoot, his uh, shoot arounds or his practices an extra 15 minutes. If you just named somebody who was drafted in front of him. How about you? Is it, was there, as you were watching it on draft night, was there one part of the draft that really annoyed you where you thought, man, like I'm supposed to be there or, or, or like one, one incident where you just said, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it wasn't really, you know, since I fell to 30, there were multiple incidents, you know, I mean, it started at, 
you know, we got the phone call from Detroit early, um, you know, and they said, hold tight. You know, we're, we're about to make, make, it, make it happen. And we saw that they had traded for the 19th pick. They called us right before they drafted the 16th. So we thought we were going there. And then, um, you know, Dallas had 18, Philly had 21, um, you know, so I, I remember all that. And the team started trading around. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so the, that's that's where it started. But, um, you know, I mean, I fell to 30. So a lot of teams had their chance. Yeah, but yeah, you'd, have, you'd have worked out wherever you went, man. But but like you said, it's a perfect fit. And uh, y'all play hard. And y'all might have a lot of hardware. We got the most improved player. Jago will be an all-NBA, probably first-teamer, and an all-star. Yeah. I know, I know yeah. your man, Jaron Jackson, y'all pushing him for defensive player of the year. Taylor Jenkins might be coach of the year. And who yeah. knows, man? Let's Just do us a favor. We're going to let you go. We know you, you, know you got to get back to work or whatever, so we appreciate you joining us. But do us a favor, man. Make us look good because Michael and I have been pushing this bandwagon here. You know, like, oh, man. We, we, y'all, like we, we, we riding with y'all in the, in the playoffs. Yeah. We, you know, we yeah, riding with I y'all. It. I appreciate it. We're going to make some right, shake. Man. Cool. Thanks for following through, Desmond Bain. Appreciate Thanks, you, Desmond. Oh, good it. luck in the three-point contest once they invite you. Better oh, get, get this man a three-point contest. Oh, man. All right, man. Be good. I uh, appreciate it. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. something going so what um, obviously they they played well tonight what, what, did, what did you see from them maybe come in the cutups and then what did you see tonight we shot played bad they made shots they played good they played better than us <laughs> uh, you know hey, that, man. that was perspective and priorities let's just <laughs> I mean because you know it's, it's, it's always, never bad time for wings Never bad time. I mean, boys, like, all right. Like, okay. Cold. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. When you eat wings, do you count? I, I know we go, we're gonna talk about something else, but when you yeah. eat the wings, do you say, "All right, I've already had five. It's time to stop." Especially if like you're at a party and you didn't like. It's just wings available. Just available. Depends wings, on wings. the flavor. Depends on the flavor. Depends on the mood. Depends on. Yeah, it just depends. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I think that defeats the purpose of wings if you kind of put a cap on it. You know what I mean? I can't stop. Um, but I can't stop. but the per, that's priorities. But stop. the perspective comes from when you're the defending champ and you yeah. are the defending finals MVP. You ain't sweating a loss in January. However, 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 uh, the Cavaliers, the Cavaliers once again served notice last night. That's how I spent my night last night. Was watching the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, it's the second, third quarter, like 
run away with it against Milwaukee. Milwaukee had its big three. So, Michael, you and I long ago stopped calling them a cute story. Not a cute story. But I'm going to come back to why a feel-good story is not a bad thing. I'll come back to that in a second. The other day we had Kurt Eelan from uh, Pro Basketball Talk on, and we said, how seriously should we take the Cavs? And then they go out and do this. And Michael, I I think we got to use the C word with Cleveland. I think we have to use the C word with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Contender, huh? I think they're a contender. We got to. I, I think we have to. Yeah. And yeah. I know that goes against conventional wisdom about young teams and paying your dues and losing before you can win. But I look at this team and I look at all the ingredients they got. Like it's the perfect recipe. So they got. A six-man-of-the-year veteran leader in Kevin Love. Here's Rajon Rondo doing that confusing thing that he does where it's like you think he's done and washed, and now he's, like, fitting in perfectly. Okay? So they got got some veteran leadership and experience of people who've been there, done that, and gotten a T-shirt, right? They they may not have superstars, and, you know, the blueprint is, like, collect superstars to win a title, but they have a lot of star power. They may have two all-stars. Okay. They may have two all-stars in Garland and Allen. They probably, I mean, look, Love is in the conversation for sixth man of the year. Mobley's in the rookie conversation the for rookie of the year. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, they could end up getting Colin Sexton coach back. Of the year. Say, yeah, right. We got a coach of the year they candidate say, too. Just like, just like we're saying with Memphis. He's yeah, in there. absolutely. Jamie Bickerstaff. Bickerstaff's right Definitely. there. Absolutely. You say, okay, they need another playmaker. They need a shot creator. Colin Sexton may end up coming back, depending on how far they go. Um, they're the best. They're the third best defensive team in the league. They're the best team in the league in terms of protecting the paint. Lowry Markkinen is hurt right now. And yet, last night, I think, was their ninth win in 11 games. And if Excuse they me, want to, they can get better. <clears throat> if they want to, they can get better. With Ricky yeah. Rubio's expiring well, contract and their draft that's picks, what I was. they can that's make a trade at go. the deadline. So but before you go yeah. there, and we and we and we left we left it here with Kurt yesterday about look like let's not spoil this awesome story by asking whether or not they can beat the Nets or the Heat or the Bucks or whatever, and they and they went to third place, a game and a half out of first place now in the East. But they could definitely beat the Nets. I think they. <laughs> Anyway, go ahead. I think go they ahead. can multitask. Yeah. They can have a bright future and be a contender at the same damn time. Get you a team that could do both. And this team is a feel-good story. And this is why I come back to that. They have a feel-good story in that the other C word that I didn't use with them is chemistry. Again, they may not have this top-heavy star power, but they're deep. They share the ball. They got a, a, a top of the league assist percentage. They share the ball. They defend. They play as as a unit. Michael, all I could think of watching this team last night was Keith Sweat. They may be young, but they're ready. Ooh, ooh. There's a right and a wrong way to love somebody. No more daddy, little girl. Mm. All right. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, Keith Sweat, boy. Keith Sweat was like making some real, some real statements, boy, as he cried through the song. But let me tell you, the way you describe Cleveland, you say they have stars. What did you say? They have stars. I said they may not have superstars, star, but they have star superstar, power. Superstar, but they have star power. All right. Yeah. Well, those teams, 
those teams aren't necessarily contenders. I think I mean it's good it, see those teams are feel good stories. Because generally what happens is they they will show they'll flash in the regular season and then if teams that have star power but not top end stars they get into the playoffs they don't have enough. And Cleveland is not uh, Cleveland's in between because I think they do have superstars. They just haven't grown up yet. Like Darius Garland oh, yeah. is going to be a superstar. Yeah. Mobley will be a superstar. Uh, yeah. Mobley is going to be a superstar. Yeah. Already, yeah. you can see it. I'm yeah. wondering, is there a guy out there? And I'm trying to you. You help me out. I can see the profile. I can't see a face yet. Six seven six eight can shoot the three, can defend multiple positions. Available to Cleveland at the deadline can help make them take them from where they are now to a serious, not just a contender. Oh, they're a contender. No, they're a serious contender. They can win the conference. Yeah, that kind of is that guy. The, I mean, available? The, the guy in the, the guy in Detroit that everybody seems to want is Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant. Yeah, er, yeah everybody, everybody Jeremy wants Grant. him. I know. Look, Jeremy Grant. If Jeremy Grant goes on the uh, on the Cavaliers, if he's got the right attitude, Maybe, but I saw a story. It's just a story. So I know it's on him, but according to sources like he didn't want to go to the Lakers because he didn't want to play with LeBron. Now that lets me further know if that's true. <laughs> like what's I mean, going that's, that's unusual. What's going on? That's an unusual. Take, that is unusual. Well, I, I, yeah. I'll say this in defense Especially when you play Grant. for the Pistons. You play for the Pistons, man. Come on. I, I'll say this in defense of Jeremy Grant. Um, I don't know him know him. But I know people who know him and the people I know who know him. I know to be good people. So, okay. uh, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily pass any judgments on Jeremy Grant as a team. Okay, well, listen, but that so, somebody like that because I think they're missing mm -hmm. in the playoffs. You're just trying to think ahead. They're going to make the playoffs. Uh, they're right. a really good team, but you're just trying to think ahead. How can they advance? Curse, what Curse Levert? How is would somebody name? take advantage of them? Carlos okay. Levert, Eric Gordon, those are two names that have been thrown around as, as potential pieces that, that can make sense. But again, Gordon, if Colin Gordon Sexton comes than, back, they're yeah. even better. You know, they're even better. But I guess regardless, it's like when you look at the rest of the if you look at the rest of the Eastern Conference, Miami, I mean, we know Miami, they just they always won the last team standings, injury notwithstanding. Always. Always um, really good team. I mean, you, you made a joke just now. Brooklyn's a mess. Brooklyn's a mess right now. Yeah. How you feel about and that? one of their three not good. I'm surprised we haven't talked um, about it. I'm surprised we haven't talked about it yet. Why you don't want to talk about it? You want to talk about Brooklyn? You want to you want to say that it's in the feed. It's in the feed. We'll, okay. we'll save it for later. We got a company coming. We'll say we'll save it for later. We'll get okay. we'll, we'll, we'll okay. bookmark that. We'll put it. We'll bookmark that. Okay, um, but Brooklyn's a mess. I mean Chicago's good, but injured right now. Chicago's good. I respect Chicago. The Bucks that are defending champs, you know, so you can't you know, count them out. They've been great this year. They may have, you know, Giannis may get another MVP, may get a third. Was it be a third? So, you yeah. know, it, the Eastern Conference, but when you look at, we talked earlier about checking every box. The Cavs check an awful lot of them. And they're, they're an exciting they team, do. man. Like, they do. And, listen, and, and they are, they, I'm just know, trying to prepare myself a, for them. Memphis Grizzlies, Cleveland Cavaliers. Bring it on. <laughs> okay. Bring it on. Look, okay. listen, right. they got a, and, and I know I know we got company as you said, but they are a young team that has a combination has a very has a perfect blend of old school new school uh, NBA. They got that NBA vibe the old school NBA vibe new school. 
size. How many teams in the NBA have legitimate size? They, they say, oh, we don't need that. Yeah. We'll put a we'll put a forward uh, or a, a, a six five six six guy at the five. Right. We'll be fine. They actually have two legitimate centers. You could even say three if you put in Kevin Love off the bench. Kevin Love, if you need to, if he needs to, he can play the five. But then they but then they also have three point shooters. They got some young they got, guys. They defend. With, I mean, they and defend. they can lock you up. That's going that, that's going to translate to the playoffs. That's going to translate to the yes, playoffs. Yes, it will. All right. Let's go ahead and take a breather. Um yeah, we will get to the Nets, man. Look, I I we both have it in our feet. We are going to get to the yeah, Nets. Do. Don't worry. I'm not I ain't running. I ain't running. Why you, okay? okay? I'm not running. You excited though? Why my, you excited why my, why my voice why my why my voice go that high? Why <laughs> yeah, they go up another hour? Yeah, yeah. yeah, no. I I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Fine. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. How many teams have reached out to you? Not one. Nobody. The networks. Now, well, they 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 would have to reach out to the Saints. And and look, you you know this. You can have a backdoor. Hey, would you have any interest? Um, that's happened maybe with a couple a couple clubs, but I, I'm not I'm not looking at that path right now. But you have had teams back channel third party. Uh, the two. Okay. When I say that, all I'm saying is somebody who's close to someone, man, you'd be really good here. Um, it, this, is, this is only we're 24 or 48 hours removed from it, and that's not my plan. Yo, Sean Payton is playing this perfectly. Let me get out while they're getting this good. Let me quit before they fire me. Let me get out while this salary cap situation is awful. Preserve my record, and now I'll do the Bill Cowher, John Gruden thing where when I go to TV, even though I'm a great coach, I'm even better. Like it takes separation to bring appreciation, and now yeah. I'm coming yeah. it and I got my pick of jobs around the league. So, our resident Cowboys fanatic, Ashley Nicole Moss, expert. since expert and fanatic, since Sean Payton is taking back channel calls, um, have you called on behalf of your Dallas Cowboys yet? Because I'm going to assume that you would love to see them upgrade. We haven't seen you since the meltdown against San Francisco. I I'm going to assume that you would like to see Sean Payton come back to Dallas. I cannot confirm nor deny if I made any phone calls <laughs> on behalf of the Dallas Cowboys. That I'm not at liberty to say. But what I can say is I look forward to seeing Sean Payton as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Yes. That is what I can <laughs> Well done. Well played. <laughs> Well played. No, wait, wait, no, wait. Now, hold on, now, hold on, Ashley. Are, are you, you are, are you going to suggest that coaching is the reason the Dallas Cowboys did not advance uh, against the San Francisco? It's one of the reasons. 
Yeah, it's one of the reasons. Obviously, you know, you can't ignore the meltdown of the offense. You can't take blame off of Dak Prescott. He is the quarterback. He makes the big bucks for a reason, and he didn't handle what he should have handled. But I think you also just have to look at it from a offensive standpoint as a whole. Head coach Mike McCartney has not been good in game management and time management. And also, I think Kellen Moore, you know, was the offensive coordinator whisperer, if you will, when he had a different type of quarterback in Dak Prescott. And what I mean by that is injuries change you as a quarterback. You know, I think when you go through an injury as gruesome as what Dak went through, it changes the way you play the game. And you can see it. He's, you know, not as quick to run out of the pocket. He'd rather throw the ball away or throw it into traffic than risk running out and getting hurt. And that's a mental thing. And you can't really blame, you know, a quarterback for kind of moving differently after something that severe. You know, you want to help your team win, but you also want to go ahead and preserve of your career as a quarterback and be able to play for a very long time. And I think Dak Prescott can do that. I don't see any reason why he can't play until, you know, his mid thirties or beyond, but into, in order to do that, you have to change the way you play the game. So I think Kellen Moore's offensive scheme is more geared to the quarterback pre-injury. So Dak pre-injury than it is who Dak is now. And I think that was one of the biggest things that worked against the Cowboys was the offensive scheme didn't change to the, who your quarterback is at this moment in time. That's good stuff. Uh, what do you think about Dan Quinn uh, pulling himself out of other Praise Jesus. Vacancies? Praise the yeah? football okay. guy. That's all I got to say. Because <laughs> I was on the verge of having a nervous breakdown. I'll tell you that right now. Listen, defense has always been the bane of Cowboys fans' existence. I don't think there's been a time that we've had a defense this good in a very long time. So to finally have somebody who understands the defense and who can go ahead and just bring them in as a group and can execute and be creative in so many different ways was a godsend for Cowboys fans. To say that defense was not the issue this season is something that Cowboys fans are not used to ever saying. And the thought of losing that, I tweeted out a few times, Jerry, pay that man head coach money if it means keeping him in Dallas. Do not let this man walk. And, you know, he was close. Denver wanted him. Chicago wanted him. But ultimately, he's staying in the big D. And I know that Cowboys fans everywhere are really happy because what the defense did this year was special. And if Dan Quinn can just mimic that or even capitalize more on that, it's going to be a really, really great defense for many years to come. All right, what do they need to do? I, I need you to play uh, general manager, uh, owner of the Dallas Cowboys, and you look at, you, you find yourself in this position again, thought you could go to the Super Bowl. You look at the competition uh, in the NFC. The 49ers are in the uh, NFC championship game. You know, you look at them. I know they beat you, but God, are they that much better than us? Really? Are the Rams that much better than us? How how do the Dallas Cowboys get to the championship game next year and ultimately to the Super Bowl? What do they need One to do? is if you're not going to go ahead and fire Kellen Moore, then his offensive scheme has to change. It has to be, you know, adhered to who Dak Prescott is currently. Also, you got to stop forcing Zeke to be, you know, running back number one. He's not anymore. He's still a beast, but he's more of a battering ram, right? He's good to drive down the middle. He's good to go ahead and break through, you know, the defensive line when he has a nice hole, but you can't really utilize him in ways that you could when he was younger. That's Pollard's job now. You know, Zeke's not fast like he was. He's 
he's not elusive like he was. It doesn't mean you can't utilize him, but you got to adjust the way you're doing it. I think also you got to look into getting a healthier offensive line. You know, a lot of those guys are much older than when Dak Prescott first started, and you also lost pieces. You know, Frederick retiring was a huge thing for the Dallas Cowboys. I think defensively, you know, just kind of capitalize off of what you did this season or this previous season when you go into next season and then Mike McCartney look he's not going to be here much longer but he's going to be here for the next season so he has to go ahead and just be better in managing the game I think a lot of these games have come down to him simply getting out coached in one way or another and you know in a in a division that's as crazy as the NFC East is you can't go ahead and just give up games that you should go ahead and have in your back pocket that should be quote unquote easy wins and a lot of the times it came down to just bad coaching and bad game management yeah I said the other day that uh, Mike McCarthy damned if Jerry does damned if he doesn't because you know Sean Payton lingering out there just lording over the whole thing kind of like this hovering over it so he's basically you know um, just you know a lame duck coach for all intents and purposes next year, uh, absent a Super Bowl. Yeah, honestly, actually, where are my manners? Where are my manners? You all right, Ashley? What are you doing? <laughs> no, because I mean, you, yeah, I, that must have been hard. We ain't even talking. What talk, sport I mean, are you referring so we, to? Are you asking me if I'm okay in fo- the football world or the basketball world? It's a great world? question. I got a lot going okay, on. Hey, listen, <laughs> I, I didn't choose your, for some reason, you've chosen this life. You've chosen this I, pain. I, I'm, I didn't. I'm going it back chose to, me. It chose me. That's true. <laughs> I'm going back to the I'm going back to the wild card game. We haven't seen you in a long time, and that was like you know it, it still feels. I imagine it still feels fresh, and I just want you to know that we're here for you. You know, luckily the first for person me, thought I about was, Luckily for me, I was in Antigua <laughs> when that game happened, so I was on vacation. Oh. It kind of ruined a couple oh. hours of it, but then I, you know, a couple you know mojitos oh. later, and it all felt better. <laughs> That's a nice flex on your part. That's a great that flex, flex on your part. That's so you were one. on vacation, yeah. so it was only fitting that your Cowboys joined you. Shortly thereafter, on <laughs> yeah, except, except I was you and Antigua, they went to Cabo, they went to Cancun, right? I was in Antigua, they were in Mexico, yeah. so <laughs> okay, but you're okay, but you're okay though. You bounced back, you kept it moving, just check it because it's real hard. Cowboy fans, it's hard for everybody else when they win in, it's hard for y'all when y'all lose. Like, it's, it's, yeah. I, I get it, I know people been coming at you next since then, but I'm I glad think you know it's, you're okay. I- I think it's even harder because it's a team that looked really, really good. Like, you could be a Cowboy hater. You could be. You could make jokes about the Cowboys, but nobody can deny that this team looked really, really good. I feel like this was probably the most functional Cowboys team that I've seen from top to bottom since the Tony Romo era. Yeah. Like, there, there was a lot yeah. of things. Yeah, you know, the offense was a little bit slow in the beginning or towards the middle of the season. They got it back at the end. In the beginning, it looked really good. The defense clicked. I mean, coaching seemed to be, you know, functional. There wasn't any drama. There was drama with every other team in the NFL. The Cowboys were good. It, it didn't touch them and just could not get the job done. So that's what also makes it just really disappointing. So pivoting to your other dysfunctional professional sports relationship, uh, the New York Knicks. Yeah. Uh, you were you were at you were at the game last night. You were at Knicks yeah. Heat last night, and you used to cover the Heat. So I mean, maybe I don't know if you had some torn allegiances there. You know, if if, it were, if you were kind of happy to see the first place Heat get another win, no. or you were more upset about the eleventh place Knicks. So what y'all gonna do? What y'all gonna do, Ashley? The trade deadline, mm-hmm. clock's ticking. What we doing here? 
You know, it's it's a weird conundrum. First, I wasn't happy to see the Heat win. You know, when they stopped paying me, I stopped caring. So it was oh, okay. it's one <laughs> well, of those situations. <laughs> my my allegiance is now fully back with my New York Knicks. But it, listen, it's it's a weird situation the Knicks are in, right? Because the pieces that you can move to make a big move, you don't want to utilize them too soon. Because in the business of basketball, you make a trade, you can't say, oh, something else better has come along. Let me take my players back and I want to, you can't do that. So once you make a move, you're stuck with it. So I think that what you'll see the Knicks do is make small moves by the trade deadline, maybe get a veteran point guard and, and move, you know, some small pieces. I don't think you're going to see Evan Fournier be moved. I don't think you're going to see Julius Randle be moved. If that does happen it's going to be down the line where the market is a lot more clear there's less fog and you know who's available and who's not and more importantly you know what's going to take to get who's available and it's going to be whether or not you're willing to give up that that price tag because at the end of the day you don't want to go back to the Carmelo Anthony days where you got a really great player in Melo I mean those were the glory days of the Knicks and then for eight years it was quiet so you don't want to go ahead and get back into that situation and trade your entire family foundation away for one guy but you also have to make some moves to make this team better but it's about making the smart move it's not necessarily about making the quickest move i like it all right uh, my, my, my last question for you ashley look you're a new yorker we know that uh, you know the city you know the knicks and so this is advice for not just julius randall but advice for any professional athlete in new york who has is, is in his his or her feelings about the media and the fans. You've been too critical of me. What's going on? Like, you know, y'all, I know what I'm doing. What advice would you give these folks coming into New York? They clearly don't get it. How how can you help them understand New York and, and the media business there? You just got to develop what we call in New York. You just got to get gully. Like at the end of the day, like it's just, you know, you can't say nothing to me that I haven't already heard. So what you say doesn't matter. It's just that kind of mentality. Like, you know, and you're human at the end of the day. And I don't want to speculate and none of us should speculate on what actually is going on with Julius Randle because it could be deeper than just the New York media. It could be deeper than just the fan base and everything around it. But if it is, you know, rooted in that, at the end of the day, look, New Yorkers, Knicks fan especially, are extremely extremely passionate, but they're also extremely emotional. And it's never personal. It comes from a place of love. The delivery is a little eh, and the delivery can make you want to choke somebody. But at the end of the day, it comes from a place of love, at least from the fan base. The media, the New York media can be a little bit rough, a little bit harsh, or a lot harsh, very unforgiving. But at least, you know, when you step into that garden, the booze, the cheers, they all come from the same place, and that's a place of love. But listen, one of the things I love about being a New Yorker, and shout out to my parents for making sure they have me in the greatest city in the world, you can't tell me nothing. Because I walk around with the type of mentality like, I'm that chick, I'm that girl, and you can't tell me otherwise. And I think Julius needs to adapt that mentality and remember who he was last season and just tap into that. Because obviously, the type of play that we saw last season, it's in you. You got to tap into that mentality again, and you can't let everything around you kind of dictate how you move and how you play, because they're not you, they're never going to be you, and if they could be you, they'd be on the court, but they're not. So that's how I see it. Ashley Nicole Moss, I'm that chick. I'm that girl. You can't tell me nothing, and we're not one to argue with you. We love you, Ashley. We appreciate you getting certified buckets with us. Those are bars. Those are bars. That's a, that's a mic drop moment. I, look, I ain't asked no question after beat. that. 
Can you flow? Can can you can you spit? Ashley, come on. We'll do that next show. You give me a beat. I can spit a couple bars or two. Okay. All right. That was good enough right there. That was a word. We ready. Ashley, keep up the great work. Sports Illustrated certified buckets. All over the place. Thanks for blessing us. We appreciate you. With the 11th pick in the 2004 NFL Draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Ben Roethlisberger, quarterback, University of Miami. I don't know how to put into words what the game of football has meant to me and what a blessing it has been. While I know with confidence I have given my all to the game, I am overwhelmed with gratitude for all it has given me. A boy from Finley, Ohio with NFL dreams, developed in Oxford at Miami University, blessed with the honor of 18 seasons as a Pittsburgh Steeler and a place to call home. The journey has been exhilarating, defined by relationships and fueled by a spirit of competition. Yet the time has come to clean up my locker, hang up my cleats, and continue to be all I can be to my wife and children. I retire from football, a truly grateful man. First and foremost, I need to thank the Lord for all the many blessings. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm thankful and grateful Ashley, uh, to have had the privilege of watching this dude play football for the last 18 years. Yeah, he was fun. He was fun to watch. It was never boring. Sometimes annoyingly so. I love you so. Sometimes controversially so, or worse. But I'm talking about strictly as a player, Ben Roethlisberger. That's that's what this is about. Um, it's a fantastic career, and it's not just a, a personal achievement. 18 years with one organization. Um, you know, and, and retiring and the first battle Hall of Famer, two-time champ, and so on and so forth, all the numbers. It's an organizational achievement because when you, as an organization, when you draft a quarterback yeah. Yeah. in the first round, you hope and pray that one day he's delivering this kind of announcement to this kind of, you know, uh, adoration and adulation and congratulation. You know, like, if you're the Steelers, and you draft the third quarterback in, 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 in that draft from Miami, Ohio, and 18 years later you got that out of him. Man. Yeah, come on. And, and just real quick, quick, uh, quick, quick stat for you. We talked about the other day, first time since '09 that neither Brady or Rogers is in an NFC Championship game. Um, the last 18 Super Bowls have all featured Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. Ben Roethlisberger or the 49ers, oddly enough. <laughs> the 49ers in 2013. Or the 49ers. Uh, and and yeah. in 2020. Um, so it's just crazy to think that we're on Tom Brady watch right now. Ben is officially done, and we've given him his flowers, and, and no harm in doing it again. A salute to Ben Roethlisberger on a, on a career um, that, was, uh, was, that was exceptional. So they got the we're guy, on Brady man. watch. They got Ben is, yeah. ben is done. Brady watch Rogers could retire ish. Maybe, you know, um, so we're looking at some institutions, some institutions, Michael, that this this time wow. next year, it's possible Rogers Brady and Ben could either be out of the game or in one case with a different team. So well, that's the Ebby okay. Hall of Fame class. If they all retired at the same time. It would. It really would, I, but I, I think I see it happening this way. All right, so Ben Roethlisberger has already retired, and as you said, it's an achievement for him. It's an organizational achievement because they put a lot of pressure on themselves. The Steelers do. They say, "Oh, we're going to build through the draft. Our, our foundation is yeah. going to be through the draft and player development." 
So you better be good at identifying players and then developing players to have that philosophy. Otherwise, it doesn't work and it has worked for years and years. So congrats to him. Congrats to them. Tom Brady talked about him. I think he's going to retire. I think it's going to happen and we'll talk about it. What whether, whether he does or not Tom Brady will always yeah, be interested. you. You've been you said that with Aaron such Rogers, conviction, but go ahead. Yeah. When it comes to Aaron Rodgers, the only thing Aaron Rodgers needs to retire is his takes. Okay. Oh, Mike. Mike. Well done. Ooh, yeah. All right, well Mike. delivered. Well Mike. delivered. Did you? I know we talked about Aaron Rodgers uh, on Monday. We talked about all the jokes. People got those jokes off. Talked about Aaron Rodgers, the player. Talked about Aaron Rodgers, the man. The whole thing. I can't emphasize enough how out of it. Aaron Rodgers is on the vaccination thing. He said on the Pat, uh, Pat McAfee show his final appearance. He said people are rooting against him. A lot of people were rooting against him simply because he's unvaccinated. Now look, no, that's not why because um, you say dumb shit. <laughs> that's right. right, that, right, right. That's, that's hey, why. That, <laughs> you, hey, you, okay, you misinformation. That, that's one. That's one of them. <laughs> but Mike, I'm going to say I might reject the premise. Because I've, I, I'm reformed. Now, you know what I did last year. I don't do the things I did last year. Last year, I said just a little segment. It's a little feed and addiction that I had, past tense, on gambling. Yeah. Gambling addiction. Yeah. yeah. Vegas had Green Bay as the betting favorite to get Correct. to the Super Bowl. Everybody that picked means a lot them put, to get to the Super Bowl. That means a lot of people put money on Green Bay. Right. Media people so picked don't, them to go. Right. Don't mess with my paper. Hey, they they rooting right. for you. They're not rooting against you. I don't care if he's you're going to be the MVP again. Hey, he's if I got be, money on money know? on you. If I got money on you. Right. I don't care. Right. <laughs> I don't care what your status right. is. I'm not thinking about that. I'm not thinking about what a great person you are or are not. I don't care. Make the pass. Right. Make my bet stand up. Don't take money out of my pocket. Come on, please, Aaron. Right. So that's one. A lot of people were rooting for him and you can go on Twitter and you can find anything that you're looking for. You can find you can find somebody to reinforce the position you have. You can you can find the straw men and straw women on Twitter. Whatever you need, you can find sure. it there. So like his persecution say, complex like, is out of control at this yeah, point. It's, it's out of control. too much and yeah. he acts like it's like what I said to Ashley about Julius Randle. She was talking about New York. Hey, it comes from a place of love and all this stuff. People are going to have some things to say. He acts like he's never played professional sports before. Yeah, people are going to be. If you have a if you have a big platform and you use Dog, your platform, he has a, he has a commercial every five you, minutes. Yeah, yeah. He has a commercial every five minutes. If you, use your, platform, <laughs> if you right. use your platform to promote something, if you're for yeah. or against it, no matter what. You're gonna have a lot of people on your side. You're gonna have a lot of people who aren't on your side. Is there's sure. no there's no such thing as a, a unanimous crowd in professional sports. You so want you ask, ask, Tom, ask, ask Tom Brady about people rooting against you. Ask Tom Brady about being persecuted. Like ain't nothing new under the right. sun. Like 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 stop with that. Like look, he got everything he deserved on Sunday night. On, on excuse me, on Saturday night, Sunday, and into this week. He had it coming. He asked for it. Okay. Ain't nobody above getting drugged. Ain't nobody above getting roasted. It comes for us all. Okay. <laughs> okay. Everybody trends right. on Twitter at some point if you're fortunate enough. Right. Or, or unfortunate, right. as the case may be. But nonetheless, 
It comes with the territory. Bro, you got a whole Rodgers rate. And for me, it's just another example. And I love the quarterback. I love the talent. And I've yeah. had decent interactions with the individual. But let's call it what it is. It comes with not you taking accountability for your role in this. Yeah. Ain't to nobody to told you to Come say on. you was immunized. Your vocabulary, your diction, your syntax, you knew exactly what you were doing. Ain't nobody told you to tell you when you was right. immunized. Ain't nobody tell you to go talking about Ivermectin and Joe Rogan. Hey, shout out to Neil Young, by the way. I'm a title subscriber anyway. I just want to sneak that in there. Uh, ain't nobody yeah. tell hey, ain't hey. nobody tell you to ain't nobody tell you to go there. Ain't nobody tell you to conduct yourself and, and be on your high horse about this pandemic and then and then say, you know, hey, I'm not into politics, then have hot takes about the president. You know, and how you know the public speaker that he is, as opposed to the last guy, and then say, yeah. and then come back and be like, "Hey, but I, I don't want to be politicized." And like, what? Do you, what you can't have it both ways. Yeah. Which goes back to if he goes running to Denver or somewhere else in pursuit of another ring, that's a cop don't out say it to that me. Way, I know it's not a cop. That's a cop that's out to cop me. Out. That's chicken You're shit. Because because where is oh, your role not. in them not? Where is your role in them not winning a hey, Super Bowl in the last eleven how about years? This? How they about got this? Pretty good if, if enough he team. says, "What? If, what? If, what if?" Now, this is all speculation. But if he leaves, if he were to go to Denver or anywhere else, and he says, "I could have done more with the Packers. I know I could have performed better. However, I'm off to here." So it's not necessarily running off and 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 shirking responsibility. You're saying, "Yeah, I'm. I, I was a part of the the problem too. I, I'm I'm the reason. Ain't no reason for I'm part of the reason. Ain't no reason for I'm part of the reason. Well, of course, sure there is. It's just. It, it can I mean, be unless a, they a tear it all down, but I, I don't think they're gonna tear it all down. I don't think so. I, I'm assuming that they'll be able to bring the band back together. What if you, you spend know? a lot of time in Green Bay? Spend a lot of time in Green Bay and just say, okay, now What's it's time to move on. I want to go to. I want to go to Colorado. What more could you want? What small. more could you want the Green you know Bay? What? Listen, I, I we, in we've invested. Time. I want to live in a small I'll town. I'll be honest anymore. with you. We have I invested want a enough time in air. <laughs> we've been, well, okay, that, that's a big thing. That's no big thing. That's no small that is thing. That's true. That's we true. have invested quite a quite a bit of time um, on Aaron Rodgers, and that's enough. Let's put a, let's put a pen, let's put a pen in there for now. Because Michael, I am curious about a couple of your feed items, and if you and I would like to power through them before our okay. final break. And we got some news to get to, so we got a lot of housekeeping to do. Okay, let's All go. Right. Let's go. So I'm gonna just go in your feed. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick the first one. I want to hear chronological order. I want to hear your Ortiz postscript from yesterday. Now I gave you the no, whole no, floor no, yesterday. What? No, no, what no. Didn't you say you don't about hear that one first. chronological? I I don't. You don't, I don't no, want to no, hear that one. No, first. you want to hear? Okay. You want to hear? I've got a, I've got a uh, Chris comp. Paul. I've got a comp Chris for Paul Chris comp. Paul. All right. All right. Suns so, won their uh, eighth straight last night. Best team in the league. Championship favorites. What you got on Chris Paul? Go. Uh, this is uh, yeah. Go. Go. Now, tell me a story. Go. All right. Yeah, so yeah. 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 You you have often said Debbie, about the mid watch drunk stop. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> go. You've often said about Chris Paul that he is that he's not necessarily the best point guard in the NBA, but nobody has played the but position. Nobody's better. done you, it better. Kinda, Nobody. You're trying to, does you try to thread that needle. Exactly, right? yes. Come on. Yes. All right. So, Chris Paul, I was thinking about this last night because, as you said, another win by the Phoenix Suns and Devin Booker was going off and Chris Paul was doing that conductor thing that he does. Chris Paul has everything. He's got everything. He's got things that you know and he's got things that people forget about. I know you know. Seven times, Mike, seven times he's been first team all defense. In the NBA, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's been more. He's had more All Defense appearances than he has 
Uh, then he has league leading assist numbers. He's led the league in assists four times, been seven times all defense, six times he's led the league in steals. Uh, yep. He's got uh, an MVP win shares. He's got nine top 10 finishes. Chris Paul has done it all, played the position beautifully. The only mm -hmm. thing he's missing is a championship, and I can't compare him to anybody in the NBA. You know who he is? He's a guy we just talked about. He's Aaron Rodgers. Chris Paul is Aaron Rodgers. It's as a it, Rodgers okay. has. As, 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 I'm just and saying. They both State you Farm got guys. Every, and, and, they, and you and talk they, about and they both State they, Farm. They both State Farm guys. <laughs> and how about this? Another coincidence. Chris Paul's all-time playoff record. He's one game over 500. Just like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> They've got the same point. career. So the comp, the comp there is, uh, is is Chris Paul, Aaron Rodgers. You buy it? Yes. You buy it? Uh, I got to think about it. I don't have time. Because you I don't have time to relax. You describe them. I got to process it. I got to process. You describe them. You describe them as. You describe them in similar ways, though. It's interesting because you call Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Nobody's played the position better, but he's not the greatest yeah. of all time. I, I, Chris I'll, Paul. I'll nobody's this. played I'll the just, position better. This. I'll just say this. R R Aaron Rodgers. I don't think I can think to say in the moment because I wasn't expecting that. Aaron Rodgers, I'm sure, leads effectively in his own way. And it's more than lip service when Matt LaFleur talks about how he leads. Chris Paul, while he rubs people the wrong way, his leader, he, he can rub some people the wrong way. I beg your pardon. Yep, his leadership yep, yep. and intangibles are, I, don't, I wouldn't disrespect those qualities by comparing them to Aaron Rodgers. And I'm not even talking about personal or politics or principle. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about... I don't know that anybody lauds Rogers leadership the way that Chris Paul transforms organizations. That's, when he point. Goes That's the only thing. Right. Okay, but I will leave that there. Ortiz post right, script. Ortiz. What, is, what is that? Ortiz you talked about it 20 script. minutes yesterday. Right. What else you got? You did write a whole book. All right, on this is one it. thing so you probably got a lot. I did. <laughs> but one thing, but one thing I forgot yesterday and it was it was really a challenging thing. It was a challenging thing for me, Mike. Um, and I wonder what you would have done in this situation. What would Mike Smith do? Uh, so I had established, you know how it is, Mike. You, you're doing a project with somebody, you establish a rapport uh, midway through, and now the, the communication is just wide open. So there were times in the beginning, I'd say, uh, you know, I got to track him down. Mid midpoint during the uh, book writing process, you know, brother's blowing me up. Hey, man, why don't you just come by my house right now? Let's talk for about 45 minutes. All right, come on through. Oh, that's dope. And he's talking about. Yeah. Talking about he was stuff beyond it. baseball. Yeah, he was having a good time. Yeah. So yeah. one day, phone rings. This is in 2015. Phone rings. It's David Ortiz. He said, mm -hmm. hey, man, I got to tell you something. Uh, but you can't tell anybody. This is between us. <laughs> and, I, and, and so okay. I'm just thinking, cool. I, 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 you ain't said nothing. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> tell me what it is. You know what he said? What? Next year is going to be my final season. I'm like, dude, what? Oh, you, had to, you had to sit on that. Oh, you had to, you had had to, to sit, sit on, on it. it. Ooh, dude, that's like, the worst. I'm like, I am dying. I, a part of me as a, a journalistic part of me died that day. I said, really? I said, oh, well, well can, can I get it on back? Yeah, I mean, you, can I? Wow. What if I can confirm oh, it with man. another source? <laughs> Oh man! Like, come on, were you man. able to, were you able to I, kind of subtly reference it throughout I, the season? Like, that's what I like was we saying. better appreciate was, Ortiz while we got him. I was him. trying you to never say know. that. I said, "Can I do the? 
don't be surprised if can I play any I kind of game yeah. with this? Can I can I do some uh, linguistics around this thing? Nah, man. No, I just want to let you know. I just want to let you know. So I'm just supposed okay. to sit here with this and I had okay. to sit with it for like a week and a half and then he okay. came out with the news. And now, now what would you have done? Uh, look, I mean, you wrote a book. You wrote a book. So okay, I mean, so, it was like so the, pay, the payoff. Like, I mean, you had his trust. Yeah. You got it. That's a trust thing. And we make those compromises all the time as journalists. Like I can get the short term pop or I could do the big poppy book. I'm gonna get I'm gonna pick the big poppy book and not try to just break a break news because you'll break news and then everybody knows and you lost the relationship. The relationship long standing relationship is way more important. Um, okay. All right. So we got damn, we got four minutes left. Yeah, how we do a two hour show. Don't take all the breaks we are supposed to take and feel like we're short on time. I don't know how and, we do and this don't cover way. all it and don't go through all and our don't topics. cover everything we want to cover. All right. So we're going to punt. We're going to punt this hardened Sixers speculation because he ain't going nowhere tonight. We'll do it tomorrow. I think the yeah. next game is the Warriors anyway. So we'll do that tomorrow. Okay. We'll do Rams 49 or stuff tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. That's Before we go, we'll do we'll do this. We'll do this. We'll just sneak. We'll sneak this one more topic in because this, you know, we like to be current as current as possible. All right. You ready? The Raiders yeah, have hear. put in a request to interview Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels. For their yeah. vacant head coaching job, a source tells Ian Rappaport. The hope is he interviews on Friday, and he is considered a top candidate. Mark Davis has in- interest in Josh McDaniels for weeks. He's had interest in Josh McDaniels for weeks. Hard to imagine he puts in a request without believing McDaniels would take the job. This all gets real tomorrow. Uh, and Schefter added, as a footnote, if the Raiders and Josh McDaniels get a deal done to make him the next Las Vegas head coach, a potential OC replacement in New England could be former Patriots assistant Bill O'Brien. Um, so McDaniels, I mean, uh, that's been a name that we expected to pop up, uh, given a job he did with Mac Jones. Surprising that he hasn't been, uh, since he's been available for so long, thanks to the yeah. not that good Bill sending him home after the wildcard weekend. Um, so... I would say for the Raiders, yeah. as good a job as Rich Passaccia did, as good a yeah, job as Rich did Passaccia really good did, job. and as much as it seems to have that locker room, you got an opportunity to get Josh McDaniels. Yeah, I call that enough. That's safe to say that's an upgrade. You think so? Uh, so, so, yeah. So, you, how, you, do you know, you know how do you know Rich Passaccia? What's it? You don't know. It, where's the upgrade? You don't know. And and you fair have enough. to just to the be up, fair. The, up, the upgrade is the upgrade is in pedigree. The upgrade is in reputation. The upgrade is not in record. If you're Rich Passaccia and you took him to the playoffs right. under these circumstances, that's all the resume you need. The locker room that's, wants that's me. All you got. I got you to the playoffs. That's, McDaniel's that's is a fa- is a failed head coach in Denver, and a and a withdrawn head coach in Indianapolis. But we think. I guess I'm falling for that banana in the tailpipe that is. Bill Belichick yeah. assistants and Tom Brady coordinators. Yeah. I mean, think I about think it. I, he's sexier. Okay, you know, he's sexier. You know, I mean that okay, literally. Let, he's here, sexier. That's it. That's it. That's all I got. He's sexier. That's all I got. You you have been talking about. You have been, and I've caught it. It's been a lot of shade. You've thrown a lot of shade toward Billy O'Brien Who? and his name. Oh. Right, Bill O'Brien. You keep saying, "Oh, uh, Bill O'Brien's yeah. a candidate." Look, so Bill O'Brien is but almost he went like to the, play, the, the coach that, is good. That's like a punchline. The coach is a good coach. He's a good okay, coach. Because I was going to say, it's just how we dismantle his own roster. That is the top of the, the Bill Belichick coaching tree. 
That's your shining star, Bill O'Brien. You're right. He's been the but most there's successful. Also, no, you're, right. That, you're right. But on that list, you got McDaniels and Matt Patricia and Eric yeah. Mangini. And Rack is, uh, well, Rack is more And Joe, Ju- yeah. Joe Judge. Yeah. No, you're right. He was fine as so, a coach. He just made bad personnel decisions. You know, and it, you could do worse so than the coaching as, tree. as an OC, given what he did at Alabama. He was good at Alabama. Coaching tree is a little suspect. So, you so if you're that. Mark Davis, you go on Versace over McDaniels? Versace. Versace, that's my dude. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.